What up? This is Yinkadiz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we are coming at you with a 25-year tribute. This one for Tupac's Me Against the World. And this was released March 14th, 1995. It's coming a little bit late just because I think I just forgot that it was released in March 14th. <laughs> um, so when I saw it on the counter, I was like, oh shit, we got to do a tribute for this. And so we're actually recording this March 19th. I'm not sure when we'll actually get it released. But this yeah. is the second night in the row that we're recording due to the <laughs> social distancing situation put forth by one COVID-19 virus, yeah. also known as coronavirus, also known as the China virus, if you're into that racist bullshit. So Man. anyway, we're getting yeah. on topic here. We're supposed to be talking yeah. about, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> Tupac's greatest album. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, I don't agree. But again, you know... I also am somebody who my where were you is is after this time frame. So I'll just you. leave it at that and we can talk more about it when we talk about the album. Well, you know, I never listened to this album when it came out, but I do remember right. where I was when I when this okay. album came out. I mean, for me, obviously, the biggest song was Dear Mama. Um, yeah. It's the only song that I remember being a hit from this album. Obviously, mm -hmm. there were other ones, you know, you got So Many Tears and Temptations, but like those weren't on the radio getting a lot of airtime where yeah. I was. I mean, Dear Mama was on the radio like twice an hour. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, aside from, um, not Brenda's Got a Baby, what's the, uh, Keep Your Head Up, right? Yeah. Like, Keep Your Head Up to me is one of the most, like, one of the most lyrically potent songs that Tupac yeah. has. It's like, there's, he just, he doesn't waste any lyrics on there. There's a lot, there's actually like quite a bit of clever wordplay. And he's got some of that on this as well. I think that this is right up there with that song in terms of in terms of some of his best. And I yeah, think that to have an, a one artist to, who can give you, you know, keep your head up. Uh, Brenda's got a baby and dear mama. Yeah, like I, 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 I mean, think that when I get into conversations with people who like hip hop but don't necessarily get into it on some of the nuanced levels that we do, particularly the way that you do, but in the way that I do in, with some of it. Um, they, you know, they've never actually written a lyric before. They don't actually know how difficult it is to come up with rhymes that are clever, that are unpredictable, yeah. but yet understandable. Yeah. When I get into conversations with those folks um, and they, they just kind of know like the periphery records, mm -hmm. it is very easy for somebody to understand why they would think that the Tupac is just far and away better than Biggie. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And of course, I'm going to be comparing him to Biggie just because mm -hmm. during the time frame of, of this release and when we'd be having this conversation, it was those two. You know what yeah. I mean? It was Biggie, it was Tupac. Yeah. Like, like who's better? Yeah. And I, I get why somebody would listen to a song like Dear Mama, listen to a song like Keep Your Head yeah. Up, and all yeah. the other quote-unquote positive songs that Tupac had, yeah. and be like, yeah, you know, obviously he's better than, than Biggie. And I get but that. But even, even the non, the non, you know, um, uh, topic records like this, yeah. um, you know, I think there's really something to be said for one, okay, you know, if you're, if you're not really into all the nuances of lyricism, um, just, I think subject matter is very, very important, right? And mm -hmm. and Tupac does a very good job of running the gamut of relatable subject matter, right? So, so I think he's he's the king. He might be the king of relatable subject matter. Um, you know, prior to maybe Drake coming on the scene and, and becoming relatable for for later generations. Um, so you know, the subject matter for sure, but also 
the intangibles. Like, you know, I've I've said here many times that I think, you know, that Biggie is the greatest MC of all time, right? Mm-hmm. He's the greatest rapper of all time. But the greatest hip hop artist of all time, in my opinion, is Tupac. That's fair. And and a lot of a lot of the the you know the je ne sais quoi, the the intangibles of Tupac's vocal performances mm-hmm. on things, I think are are things that make that will make an individual who, like you said, doesn't necessarily study this as academically as we do, think that he, this is definitely the best rapper of all time. I, like I get, I, I don't think either of us would argue with a person for saying that. No, I get you. And in terms of yeah. you know when we talk about hip hop artists, I mean, look, I would argue that Biggie is an elite tier artist as well. But sure. um, Tupac is definitely in that tier. You know, obviously you have to say Jay-Z. I would say that LL Cool J is in that tier. You know, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't put many hip hop artists in that tier. And I, I, I really think it's like Tupac, Bob Marley, Sade. Like, I mean, like like people who like whose voices will transcend and and move entire generations of people. Like, I feel like Pac sits above everybody i do think he i do so so here's here's what i'm saying right when Mm -hmm. i talk about like elite tier of mcs i have four people in there you know nas andre 3000 jay-z and biggie in my opinion Mm -hmm. none of them are as good as biggie biggie is Mm -hmm. unassailable yet there Mm -hmm. are other mcs who i'm like all right if you want to debate this i could put them in the tier so in that from that perspective you know tupac even though i am comfortable calling him the greatest hip-hop artist of all time i'm comfortable calling Mm -hmm. him that I don't think mm-hmm. he is alone in his elite tier status. For me, I wouldn't do mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. What I will say is that Tupac is on my Mount Rushmore of, of just hip hop artists, along with yeah. Lauren Hill, Grandmaster Flash, and I go back and forth between. I, I think Pete Rock is the is the is the pr- producer. Sometimes I want to say mm-hmm. Dre, but I settle with Pete Rock. And mm-hmm. um, and even though I don't think that Tupac is, I don't even think lyrically I have him in the top ten. Like as an MC, mm-hmm. I. I I don't think he even sniffs my top 10. But mm. where he reached, like his peak as just like hip hop, as just like famous hip hop personality, I don't mm. think, you know, as popular as Jay-Z is, as popular as Drake is, as popular as any hip hop artist, artist is, I don't think any of them ever reached the level of like attention that Tupac did. I'm, I'm just mm. not sure. Like Tupac, yeah. you could argue, got to like a Beatles level status Oh yeah, of like just he's popularity. A, he's a cult icon. Yeah, he of is popular culture. Yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely had to give him that. Um, and yeah. you know, for me, the reason why I say that this is his best album is just because it's, it's the mm. most balanced. He doesn't really sound too paranoid on here. You got some of the old. <laughs> you you definitely got the West Coast swing. Um, yeah. He's he's let's see here. He's not bitter, but he's mm. um. Oh, what's the word? Like I, I, angry I is not the his... word, but but he and he's definitely not bitter. But he's yeah. um like definitely alert, I guess if you will. Yeah. Like he's 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 at attention. So I'd say he's at it. He's he's at his most self reflective, definitely. Oh, for sure. And um and and it's interesting because when you look at the time frame of you know what happened around the time with him going to jail and you know he got shot then he went to jail, like you know all the the chronology of things that happened, you also can kind of hear his redemption story a mm-hmm. little bit in 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 this album. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So let's just start with the where were you at least, I guess let's 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 do it twice, right? So where were you mm-hmm. when you first heard it, and then we'll take turns. Where were yeah. you when you when you first heard it, and then we can go back. Where were you when you actually gave this like a real listen to? 
I will be honest and say, like, I, the reason why I didn't choose this album to do, even though I put it on the list, mm -hmm. is because, like, I don't, I don't really have a where were you. Like, I, when this came out, yeah, I knew Dear Mama and nothing else. Yeah. I knew Pac because of controversy, but I was too young to know his music, really. Oh, really? And it okay. wasn't until California Love and Pac getting out of jail and me moving to California at that same time where, you know, Pac became this, you know, this gangster rap icon uh, in a different way that I really started to connect with his music. So at that time, I, I didn't know this album. And when I listened to the album later... You know, it was like because of um, greatest hits and, you know, like yeah. a lot of the, this other stuff, I kind of was already familiar with the, the music and didn't really need the album. So I, I don't think I ever really sat with this album like talking about until we talked about doing it on, on the podcast. To be Really? Real. OK. Yeah. Well, so for me, you? where was I? I mean, we're talking, you know, 1995. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, everything that's on the radio, the bad boys like running the radio. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, Biggie's got a new hit. Biggie or Puffy, the combination of the two of them, have got a new hit like every other month. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, well, wasn't 95 though? Wasn't that um, Craig Mack era? Or was that 94? Well, Ready to Die came out in 1994. So yeah, but like, I mean, they, they, they weren't like, you know, back to back to back hits yet until a little bit later, right? Like '96 nah. was when like um like uh um nah, nah, uh, 112 it's, it's came into nah, the it's picture because Junior Mafia okay. comes out Junior Mafia I think came out that's true so you got like get money yeah, 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 yeah. those drugs. okay just yeah and Junior Mafia know. doesn't come out if Biggie is not already a big star that's true -ish. yeah yeah so I I mean I think the difference is um and it's important to highlight this here is that Biggie mm -hmm. I don't think was a huge star before Ready to Die whereas now um like. Mm -hmm. artists start becoming stars before the album releases you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. ready to die like you know he wasn't a big star before ready to die hit. right right you know um but you know 95 bad boy the combination of puff and biggie they got a new hit every other month it seems mm -hmm. like um but tupac like his name is still everywhere yeah. and even though i wasn't all that well versed with every single one of his records or every single one of his songs I still knew enough about Tupac. Like, I'm, you know, definitely know I Get Around, um, Keep Your Head Up, right, Brenda's right. Got a Baby, Dear Mama. Like, I knew all these songs. I think even the song Me Against the World I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing, too, is just like, I'm not sure if it mattered because mm -hmm. Tupac was still everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was in movies. Like, Tupac's mm -hmm. name was just like, hip hop, boom, Tupac. Like, it was, yeah. you know, they were one and the same there. Right, right. And so that's kind of where I was. This is, this is Young Outlaw at a time when he's just digesting everything he can on the radio right on the radio every once in a while i can when i can sneak away to watch a music video i will try to mm -hmm. um i was only buying like hip-hop records that were like i think i you know bust the rhymes i was into that um mm -hmm. i can't even remember all like the a lot of the hip-hop albums that i uh, fuji's fuji's comes out later this mm -hmm. year i think i had 96. the album is it 96 but it's yeah. early 96 though right maybe yeah, I think February, it's February or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, those were the types of records that I was getting into, um, at least that I was buying. I don't think I was allowed to buy Tupac's music, so <laughs> um, but that's kind of where I was when I first, you know, at least heard Dear Mama. And you know, yeah. I loved that song, yeah, I really did. Like every time it came on the radio, like I said, I'm not exaggerating when I think I heard the song maybe twice an hour. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoyed it every single time. I, yeah. I probably had it on several mix tape tapes that you know 
<laughs> cassette tapes when you listen to the radio. It's like, oh, my song right, comes right, on. Right. Boom, I'm at the spot. Press record. <laughs> I probably I probably had this on several. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved it. So, you know, it was a really good record. I think when I got back into this was probably probably sometime when I made the choices. Like, right, well, let me go back and like listen to some of this Tupac and definitely yeah. you know actually it probably would have been somewhere recently because of spotify mm-hmm. um my brother had the me against the world album that's the other thing too that's the other thing my brother would listen to a lot of this stuff so i would catch songs here and there but mm-hmm. i don't think i really sat with the album probably maybe until like the you know within the last five years um mm-hmm. is when i sat with it and i think that that's when i made the decision comparing all of his work that this was probably the one i thought was the best I mean, I definitely have issues yeah. with All Eyes on Me, and I'm not even going to talk about Don Caluminati's Seven Day Theory. I think that mm-hmm. album is wildly overrated. Yeah. Um, wildly. I don't wildly, agree with wildly, you, but, wildly, you know. wildly <laughs> overrated. Yeah. Um, not a good listen, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just how I feel about that. So, obviously, I was way more, way more advanced, way more mature in my listening. But, you know, I will say that maybe context matters a little bit. In the sense that a lot of the music that I that I still really enjoy from the 90s, I was there for it. But, you know, there's albums that I've been able to go back and listen to that I wasn't really listening to back then that I'm like, yo, this album is amazing. And a lot of Tupac stuff just wasn't that for me. But Me Against the World does hit enough of the points that I'm like, yo, I think this is an amazing record and mm-hmm. I think it's his best one. That's fair. Yeah. So critical reception critical reception yeah um, again like i mean it's 95 i don't really right i i, I all i can do is is, is read here <laughs> what people were saying yeah. so i'll let you take it away on that well i mean i think that this is one of those records where um some people loved it some people were kind of like meh mm-hmm. um that's at the time I'll, I'll, and i'm just going by what the publications are saying you know you got all music giving it a, a five stars uh los angeles times gave it three and a half out of four then you have public publications like you know Rolling Stone giving it you know a three out of five, and I think the source gave it a four out of five, which I don't know. I think it's one of those things where um, <laughs> the source is a real interesting one here. I think it's one of those issues where uh, you might be expecting certain things from a certain artist, and because you have like really high expectations, mm-hmm. you kind of don't give them the full the full you know five mic treatment. Whereas mm. if some um, unknown artist came out with this album, it would have been like, oh my God, this is this is a landmark album. This mm. is like ahead of its time. We're going to give it five mics. And I think that maybe that's kind of what it suffered from because it retrospectively, yeah. I'm not alone when I say that this is one of his highest praised albums. And a lot of people, when they went back to go revisit this, they're like, you know, this might be one of his best. I'm not saying everybody feels that way, but this is definitely one of those albums that when you look back on it 25 years, they're like, yes, this is one of his best. So I'm a I'm a I'm gonna take shots on this and I and I'll sure. just you know I'm 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 willing to die on my my opinion, so it just is what it is. But yeah. um, you know, I, I don't I don't fault them for giving this for for mics in that mm-hmm. when I compare this to other records that I'm calling five mic classics, um, you know, if I've heard Ready to Die and that's five to me. I don't think yeah. that this album is as good as Ready to Die. That's not, but that's not so, fair though. I mean, what I'm saying is like, this is this this album is in the vein of of a Ready to Die, in my opinion. I, when I listen to If I Die Tonight, 
I go, that song does not exist if Ready to Die by Biggie doesn't exist. Like, like it's obviously influenced by Ready to Die, in my opinion. Okay. And this album also feels like it's in that vein. Again, I mean, you got Moby, you know, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. So, like, I don't necessarily personally feel like this particular work is so transcendental that the fact that it's not as good as other some other records that I would say are five mic albums, that I, I would I would be upset with someone for not calling this a five mic classic. That I mean that's just my personal opinion. Well, so I'm not saying that it has to be five mics mm. in order to be a classic. Yeah. I'm also curious what Tupac record is in the same vein as Ready to Die or Life After Death, if any of them. Because um, this so, is I the mean, only one this, that comes close this, to me. This album to me is his Ready to Die. Um, and and uh, the next album is his Life After Death. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't compare okay, but, so, any of his future me, albums to, to Ready so to Die. That's what is you're Me Against the World as good as Ready to Die? No, you're saying no. 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 Is, is, is All Eyes on Me as good as Life After Death? No. No, I don't think it's close. Right. I don't think that um, All Eyes on Me is as good as Ready to Die either. And it's not that... It's not that the highs of All Eyes on Me aren't good. It's just it's a double album full with a lot of songs that I don't need at all. That I just don't think are good songs. But what I'm saying is there are songs that I don't need here. And I mean That's we're doing fair. a we're doing a tribute. So I mean I don't need to. I'm not here to beat up on the album. But yeah. um, there's definitely records I don't need here. And I, and That's I don't. Fair. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there, I mean there's songs I don't need on Life After Death, but they're there anyway. So. Hey, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. Well. Let's get into the, uh, let's just go start getting into that. Then. So do you want to start with the lowlights or highlights? I mean, yeah. we already hinted at the fact that there's songs that we don't like on this album. So yeah. why don't we just start off with the lowlights? Sure. So um, I honestly think that this album is is very front loaded. Um, I think what, makes, this, what makes this album a classic is the front half of the album. Everything um, through Dear Mama. Yeah. And even, and even It Ain't Easy, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. That's actually the probably the one that I, I don't like is it ain't easy. But really, okay. yeah, I'm, I don't, it's I don't it's, like it's it really I, like I don't need it, but it's not bad. Um, but I, my my three my three like if I if I'm gonna remove records, my three are heavy in the game, it ain't easy, and old school. Um, okay, heavy in the game. Uh, yeah, that's it, fair. It, it, to me, it's like it's like they heard what was what was popping on the West Coast. And they made a record that just kind of sounds like everything else that was on the West Coast at the time. And I really don't mean to pile on because I, I really like Mike Mosley. I've met Mike Mosley before. He's the guy who sings the hook from I Got Five on it. He's a classic producer from, from, from Oakland or from the Bay. Um, so I'm not here to beat up on him. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry for, for p- pulling out his records. But this Heavy in the Game record, just it sounds like... We're trying to exploit the G Funk sound and just make a record, and it just it just didn't really sound that um, unique to me. Okay. Um, it ain't easy. It, it's it told us some things about Tupac, and, and that was good. But at the same time, it's just eh, you know, okay. it's, it's just a fine song. And then old school, I would have had as like a bonus song. Actually, it's, like old school. That's it's okay. like where you know, I, I think the one cool thing about it is like you know. The Tupac we got after this album 
was like, Westside, fuck them niggas, fuck them yes. niggas. And so it was cool to hear him shout out all this New York shit and be like, mm -hmm. yo, I'm a big fan of this. LL, I wish I could do, I love to play Skelly. Like all, all the like New York shit and East Coast shit that he was shouting out. It was cool to hear him do that when my frame of reference is Westside, fuck y'all, that's my new style, you know, I think that's whatever. exactly why I like the song so much. Yeah, and I think yeah. that there's definitely an argument to be said that, hey, mm -hmm. in 1995, if you're listening to this album, maybe mm -hmm. Old School isn't a good song. But for mm -hmm. me, listening to it now, knowing everything that happened, right, right. it's like, I, I act, this, that song is actually a highlight for me because it's of It's like that. a time capsule to, yes. you know, yeah, like who Pac really was as a person, definitely. And, and I, I like the song. I just think it mm -hmm. sounds good. I'm not saying it sounds amazing, but I think it sounds good. It's a song that I didn't need to be five minutes long. So like it, what it kind of reminds me of a little bit is um my, one of my, actually one of my favorite, like kind of shout out throwaway ending songs which is um, on the infamous Party's Over, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever party's over, tell the rest of the crew. There's like a verse on it, but it's really just them being like, yo, this shit's over, peace. These are some people I want to shout out. Like, it's kind of like that whole, yo, these are some things that influenced me. Yeah, yeah. I don't need five minutes of that, personally. Okay. But anyway, uh, those are my lowlights. All right, so Heavy in the Game was another one that I could see why that would be a low light. Um, I think for me that it's difficult to assess filler tracks from the West Coast from this era because I'm not well versed in West <laughs> oh, Coast okay. music, right? Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I thought so you were saying like, that like all of it is filler. No, what I'm saying is okay. that I think that certain some albums, even classic albums, have filler tracks. Mm -hmm. But if you like love the album, they still become good yeah. songs. For yeah. example, right? Iron Man is one of my favorite records. It has filler on there. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, all those filler tracks are good, but they're still kind of filler nonetheless. Like not gotcha. every single filler track is a is a bad. Just because I say mm -hmm. something is filler doesn't mean it's bad. Mm -hmm. And to me, heavy in the game is filler. It does yeah. have that G funk sound like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I can't really criticize it because I'm not okay. familiar with in the entire West Coast catalog. Okay. You know what it. I'm saying? Got it. So because yeah. of that, like I, I listen to it, I'm like, oh, like it's cool. I think yeah. It Ain't Easy is the only record that I was kind of like, yeah, I, I don't really need this. Yeah. Um, and, and there's some other ones that I think I kind of like the premise of the song and I like what mm -hmm. Tupac is doing. For yeah. example, like, Can You Get Away? Mm -hmm. I think that the featured artist maybe doesn't sound all that great on it. That's but at the same time, too, I can give some of those things a pass because, again, mm -hmm. like, Can You Get Away is a very distinct song. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand what he's doing on it. And so, like, in some mm -hmm. respects, I can kind of give a pass for some of the things that musically I don't really like. I think his, the, the presence that he commands in track one through nine. Yeah. Um, um, the, 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 the records towards the end of the, of, the, of the album, they start to kind of lose me after a while, I, with the exception of Outlaw. Okay. Uh, you know, where it's hey. like, okay, you know, like for the first minute or whatever, it's like, I like your concept and I like what you're saying, but then, like, this song doesn't take me anywhere else, and then I just kind of get bored with That's some of the, the songs towards the end. It the back half of the album definitely does drag, and yeah. so maybe the album you could go two ways. You could say, well, maybe the album were sequenced a little bit better, and you space out some of these tracks, or just shorten the overall run length. Yeah. Um, maybe it could be like that much better. Nevertheless, though, like I think the thing for me is that. This is an album that I know that if I had the tape, I'd be able to listen to like the entire tape and be okay with it. Whereas there's other Tupac records 
ones that you know are supposedly better than this <laughs> that i'm like i'd be fucking dying i throw Yo, the tip out like i really, have to go find you really else. hate uh uh pox last two two records so yeah. seven day theory i i i can't listen you to hate that, that album like i can't listen to that nonsense like i just want to say nigga shut the fuck up like i i don't care about these things that you're talking about that's a dumb you know what i mean like i like that album. half of the half of the paranoia to me is like all self-inflicted anyway that's just how i see it maybe i'm right. wrong fine call me an asshole i don't care call me misinformed i don't give a shit that's just how the album sounds to me mm. um and then all eyes on me i don't need it to be double i don't need it to be two discs mm. you know that's what fair. i mean so it's just and i think that i think the fact that people tell me just how good it is and i'm like mm. there's a lot of meh on that's, here that that's one of those albums that is just the good is just so and maybe that's how you feel about this album right the good on all eyes on me is just so damn good that it has to be a classic like like you yeah. yeah you can you could probably point out five records that you could throw away on 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 the double disc or whatever right maybe maybe in your mind it's more but the mm, shit that's boy. good on all eyes on me is so damn good that like i mean yeah that's a classic album that's fair that is that is entirely fair um and maybe you I feel that way that about you know tracks one through nine on this right like and and i think a lot of people do right I, yeah i really like the every, one through nine on here is a really really good run yeah and seven though i can see your argument for it being low light it's not like a low light for me because i enjoy like the kind of g-funk swing it has i tell you so what it's, it's if, cool. if if so this record to me sounds like like richie rich is on it like if this was on like an e40 album from this era i'd be like yeah like it just it just sounds like, like, yo, uh, you know, Pac used to live in the Bay. He's ha hanging with some Bay niggas. He made a Bay record. But it, it does, like, I don't need it. I don't need it for this album. I got you. Personally. I got you. Yeah. The only other low light for me is, um, I don't think it's a bad song, but I think that the placement of it doesn't do the song any justice, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And that's Fuck the World. I think yeah. the Fuck the World is a good song, yeah. but it would be better if the other songs around it Mm -hmm. Like, if the songs leading up to it didn't drag as much, like I said, I yeah. like old school, but like, you know, even though I like the songs on the back half of the album, they don't compare to the ones on the front half, and I think right. the fuck the world kind of suffers from that as well. Yeah. So it, it's not a, it's not necessarily a low light. I just think that I guess just the back half of the album sequencing is yeah. is a low light for me. Yeah. Yeah. So agree. Um, and you know, pretty much that's that's kind of it. Yeah. In terms no, of low lights. So, so yeah, I go mean, to go to the highlights, man. I mean, we've already talked about it, but you know, the whole front half of the album. I mean, yes. I like "If I Die Tonight," "Me Against yes. the World," brilliant song. Yes. So many tears. I mean, shit. That's you know? one of my favorite I mean, Tupac songs. It's a fucking amazing record. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. an amazing Stevie Wonder sample. It's just, yeah. it's so dope. Um, yes. Temptations. I mean, shit. Yeah. Great. <laughs> amazing Yo, song. Mo drop that shit. Um, <laughs> young niggas, another yeah. shit, really, really good record. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. heaven in the game, heavy in the game. Um, not a not a highlight for me. Lord knows mm -hmm. it's not a highlight for me, but it doesn't. You know, it still helps it carry right into all, right? yeah, helps carry right into dear mama. Yeah. Um, but some some of the lesser known highlights for me. I mean, okay. for me, death around the corner. Um, mm -hmm. I really really like that song. Yeah, I like that song. And I think that it's something where yes, he's kind of paranoid, mm -hmm. but he's not like Tupac in his head paranoid. He's kind of like the everyman paranoid, mm -hmm. which I think makes the song really really relatable and doesn't give it kind of like this almost like narcissistic feel which i mm -hmm. think that a lot of the eight day theory or seven day theory whatever mm -hmm. the fucking record is a lot of that stuff kind of has like a little narcissistic feel to it huh. death around the corner doesn't have that to me and i think it, it's a song that 
even though I can't relate to having death around the corner, I can still like really understand and feel where he's coming from on, mm -hmm. a, on a record like that. So for me, that's a highlight. And I will say, um, it's not a highlight for me now, but back in the day, Outlaw was definitely a highlight for me for obvious reasons. <laughs> for obvious reasons. And let me just Yo, say this. I, that's for, funny. I didn't even think about that until you Let me just said. say this for some people who... So there, we might have some listeners out there who actually don't understand why I call myself <laughs> Outlaw. It right. is my legal name. Uh, it's my surname, just in case you, you didn't know. And yeah. so um, I, I definitely used to go by that um okay. like as a as a as, as my artist name i think it was professor outlaw and back when i was making beats and i was making like this little mixtape and shit my intro record got a bunch of uh like outlaw samples and mm. the 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 kid who says like oh, i want to be a motherfucking outlaw and his outlaw outlaw <laughs> outlaw definitely made the cut along with like Busta Rhymes, I'm that outlaw. And I think Inspector Deck Rubber, I outlaw, split yeah. second on the draw. Like there was a bunch of little cuts, but this joint definitely made definitely made the cut. And mm. so this definitely was a highlight for me back then. Now, yeah. like, I don't care as much. It's fine, it's cool. I don't, I don't dislike the record. But yeah. um, it's, it, like, it doesn't get me hyped hearing, hearing my name like that. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before, but- Please tell it. But uh, you, I have told you the story, so, you know, Obviously, I knew Outlaw in college as Outlaw. But I mean, like, you know, when you're black <laughs> and you rap, especially, but like you grow up around other black people and you just like I, there's niggas I've known my whole life that have no <laughs> real name. I have cousins that I don't even know what their real name are. Shout out to Man. Shout out to Dimples. Shout out to, you know, all my cousins that I don't really know what your real name is. I really don't. I'm sorry. So, you know, like, I, I knew Outlaw is Outlaw. I didn't know why his name was Outlaw. Just, he was Outlaw. So, yeah. So you know, I moved to D.C. And, uh, and I'm hanging with my dad. And I was getting ready to leave to go check a concert with Outlaw. I think we were going to see, like, like Femi Kuti or something like that. And, okay. um, and so, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go, you know, get up with my friend Outlaw. Yeah, that, that show my, used to be live back in the day, too. Which one? The Femi Kuti show, oh, his, yeah, his horn crazy. section, yeah. his horn section, and the um, drummers Woo. and the ladies. Um, yeah, they could. They back in the day, they were moving in ways I didn't realize was physically possible <laughs> back then. Back. So anyway, go ahead. But uh, yeah, so like I tell my dad, like yeah, I'm about to go meet up with my friend Outlaw, and he's like, "Why do they call him Outlaw?" Like, like he was like, just like, like what? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he was just like he just looked at me like like something's wrong with me which if you grew up in the household of a nigerian parent like you're kind of used to that look like the look of like my son is an idiot um so he just kind of gave me that look and then it was just like all right and i left and i never i never thought about it and then i think i i think i might have asked you that day like so oh, so or something no like that. so when <laughs> when you found out i remember where you were when you found out my my name was was actually outlaw uh, this was when you lived in Richmond. Remember when you lived in Richmond? Yeah, yeah. You lived in Richmond, and I think I was in town visiting. We were digging. We were digging. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to some record shop to just, you know, dig and fuck around with beats or whatever. Mm -hmm. And some joint called you on the phone. I don't mm -hmm. know who she was, whatever. But some joint <laughs> called you, and you were like, you were like, yo, uh, I'm chilling with my man Outlaw. And I heard you, uh, like, I'm sitting right there in the room, and you're like, yeah. I don't know, like, that's just his name, Outlaw. <laughs> and I was like, and I was sitting there. Hearing right. this, I was like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I don't know why they call you Outlaw. I was like, Yink, are you serious? I was like, that's my name. He's like, that's actually your name? I was like, that's my last name. You've been calling me that since college. You didn't, you just thought I called myself Outlaw? He's like, yeah. 
I was like, nah, nigga, like, what the fuck? I'm from the suburbs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm passively white. Why would I be calling myself outlaw? Like, that makes no damn sense. I don't know, man. I've known people named Murder, (laughs) Gunner, Ray Ray, man. I ain't none of them. (laughs) I'm from Springfield, Virginia, went to the suburbs. I'm from a nice clean wholesome family your name is your name I, you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna question it if you tell me your name is whatever unless i have a reason to i'm not gonna ask that's you fair. no questions about it that's fair anyway so that's so that's the deal there so anyway um yes any mention anytime outlaw was ever mentioned in the record uh it used to really really excite me yeah for me now i'm just like it's, it's whatever for me the reason this record was dope or is dope resonates is i think I, especially in my time frame of just being kind of a sponge to all this hip hop, was always really interested in the crews that surrounded these artists. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is, you know, we get to see the outlaws before they're called the outlaws. Um, yeah. And so just an opportunity to kind of hear his crew all, you know, do their thing, I think it was was dope. We heard him on Me Against the World and then we got him again here. So, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's, and it's a good way to close out the record as well. Yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, any other uh, specific highlights? Nah, man. I mean, again, like, this isn't an album that I have anecdotes about because, like, the album in entirety is not what I really sat with. But, like like I That's said, fair. Tupac is one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time. And many of these records are records that, you know, even before the playlist era, we were playlisting. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like uh, the greatest hits, Tupac greatest hits album came out. A handful of these records are on there, and they're they're which, prominently which, featured. Which ones would be on there? We should actually check um, that real quick. Me Against the World is on there. So many Has tears is be. on there. Temptations Has is on there. Dear Has Mama is on there. I know yeah. at least those four are on there. Those are amazing records. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Uh, if I die tonight, good record. Young niggas, good record. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, Temptations, though, yeah. I really like that, Jay. Yeah. I um, think he actually put that out as a single. Yeah, no, he did. Um, I think yeah. So Many Tears was a single as well. Right, right. So Many Tears um, is such a good song. Man. Yes, it's a very good song. Yeah. Very good song. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the other things that I like about this record is this is back when records were recorded like years before they actually came out right you know what i mean like now you've got jay electronica recording something in a month and putting it out putting right it out. and he's and not the only tell. one there's a yeah, lot of people right. who are doing this shit. you yeah. know what i mean and um but this was recorded in 93 and 94 and you can kind of tell mm. you could definitely kind of tell that it was it was recorded you know in parts years before it came out um mm-hmm. And it kind of has like a good nostalgia feel. And you know, mm-hmm. not all the records that were released around that time sound good, but for mm-hmm. the most part, this still sounds like a really clean record. I feel like we're gonna get killed from the perspective of, and rightly so, if y'all kill us on this, I, I really feel you. Cause cause we got killed on this about the chronic episode. Um, yeah. Man, the the everything surrounding the release of this album is bigger than the album, right? And that we might, don't, I, you know, I think that's we, fair. We didn't talk fair. about how, like, Pac is in jail when this shit comes yes, out. Yes, he is. This is and very like, true. It's very true. And so, you know, all the, the, the events that we've talked about with him getting shot in Quad Studios and then him catching the rape charge, like, back to back, and then him going to jail and this album comes out. So it's like... Just the run up to and this album actually coming out and being the number one album is humongous. And we haven't even really talked about it much. Well, it's a good point. For one, we have talked about it several times on this podcast Mm because we have talked about Tupac before. 
Um, if you want us to get more in depth into that, we can we can talk about it now well, as well. Go but, go go check out the All Eyes on Me movie uh, yes. uh, episode because we yes, talked a lot we, about it there. Yes, we certainly did. We yeah. certainly did. Um, yeah. And so, but I, I do think it's a good point because, like I said, my where were you right. was the fact that even though I didn't listen to this album, I mean, Tupac was huge. Yeah. He was huge. Like, I feel like I knew exactly who he was, even though I didn't really know shit about him. <laughs> he was just everywhere. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons why he's everywhere is not just because he was, not just because he had music that was so prominent, not just because he was in movies, but like you said, all the things that were happening in the news, things yeah. that I didn't even understand. I just yeah. knew, like Tupac was, I mean, Tupac was huge. Yeah. He was a giant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm not sure if anybody has ever really like reached those heights before. I mean, obviously, you know, Jay-Z has made way more money than Tupac has. Right. You can say that for a lot of other people, but yeah, I mean, just, I mean, yeah. Even though I disagree with the fact that people call him some kind of like prophet and <laughs> ghetto angel and all this like, you know, <laughs> ghetto, ghetto, ghetto heaven and all that shit that I find, I just think it's bullshit. Yeah. For, it's okay, okay. If you come from, if you come from a real environment, where like that shit makes sense to you fine but like if you come from an environment like where i came from and you're sitting here talking this ghetto heaven bullshit like yo you shame on you like you should know better but like yeah. if you're if you're really from the streets then fine like i'm not i'm not going to criticize that at all because fuck uh, do it, i know but yo, like, it has nothing to do with coming from the streets i think you know we've both spoken about how neither of us are really very big on this whole idolatry and so right. the lore around these artists where we we create a, almost like a cult or a religion around them i don't think either of us really understand or care to understand that you know that yeah feeling <sighs> I think the reason why I will try to be empathetic to individuals who come from the streets or come from a different environment is because like I really don't know what that's like for them and I could see them trying to find something to like grasp and if you know if if Tupac can represent that for you like I'm I'm not going to like judge and be critical of that then I, just say then just say he's a rose that grew from the concrete which was a very great poem was, that really went yeah. went with him and don't you, you don't have to say he's a ghetto angel or whatever i know what you're talking yeah. about and i think that shit is dumb too i'm sorry yeah and and so but nevertheless like he really was that big to a lot of folks yeah. and so yeah i think you're right i think that even though we're probably not getting into all the, the all the details of it um, you're right. I think the news surrounding Tupac was probably bigger than the album itself. And that's a shame mm -hmm. because I think that this is probably, like I said, I think this is his best record. But, right. you know, at the same time, too, I also wonder if all the news that surrounded this album ultimately mm -hmm. led up to All Eyes on Me. And that's why that album is filled viewed so 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 favorably. Probably yeah. bigger, better, bigger, better than this one. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that you probably don't like about it, but, you know, Pocket himself spoke about when he came out was like, he really leaned into the controversy when he came out. Yes, he like, did. The shit became like WWF to him, right? <laughs> like, it was like, he was like, yo, like, this is what people like. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I think a lot more so than, you know, when at, at this point, he was like, I feel like he, 
he wanted people to like him. He wanted to create a message that people that resonated with people and music that spoke to people. I feel like when he came out, he was like, I want to sell a bunch of records. And these are the things that I need to do to sell records. And, you know, you can hear that. But <laughs> the records are damn good, though. But you know, gotcha. we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. Maybe I'm hitting on that album a little bit. It's just it's one of those situations where like people are telling me it's the best ever, and I'm listening <laughs> to it. It's like I don't think so, man. But- I think I think honestly, maybe part of it, and and we may eventually have to have some fun with with what with one or both of those two records. But I think we would need like a you know a Panama or somebody who's an impartial third. Um, but you know. Just the where were you of growing up in California when that record was out, when those records were out. I don't know if I could be entirely impartial about discussing those albums because like just being in California when those records were singles, it it's another level of just I mean, I like I understand that all this stuff we're talking about with like the ghetto angel and stuff like I know pe- people and I'm not going to name any names, but shorty if you listen to this podcast i'm sorry to put you out there i knew people in my neighborhood whose parents prayed to tupac like when tupac passed away we're like yo you know i'm saying like i said my prayer last night to tupac because i know he's above us he's looking down on us like he was a religion hold on hold on praying (laughs) to or praying for like it was kind of a, a combination of the two. Pray, it was like praying for. Pray, it I was get like it. praying, knowing that Pac is in heaven and can hear my prayers, which in a way means you're praying to him, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, again, no names, but you know, there was a, a cult, of personality, a religion around Pac, and um, but like being there and being a part of the whole situation and it was it was so short-lived for me too right because i moved in 96 and then he passed away yeah like you know shortly after and so seeing him while he was alive and the run of that album and then afterwards like what it became was just crazy i got you yeah well um i don't necessarily i don't really have anything else to add to this album do you I don't either, but um, I know, you know, one of our, our listeners, I'm going to just give him a shout out to homie Jay Rose, Josh Rose. He's one of our listeners. He's my homie from the locker room, and I know he loves this album. This is one of his favorite albums. So, you know, hopefully we did it justice. He could kill us in the comments if we didn't. Peace. Peace. Shall not fear no man but God, though I walk through the valley of death. Before I wait, please God walk with me. Grab a nigga and take me to heaven. Back in elementary, I thrived on misery. Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dime breed. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I got that dug like tatted on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past, you wanna last. Be the first to blast, remember Cato No longer with us, eat the seats Call on the sirens, seen them murdered in the streets Now rest in peace, is there heaven for a G? Remember me, so many homies in the cemetery Shed so many tears I suffered through the years and shed so many tears Lord, I lost so many peers and shed so many tears. Now that I'm struggling in this business by any means.
dudes label me greedy, getting green, but seldom seen. And fuck the world, cause I'm cursed. I'm having visions of leaving here in the hearse. God, can you feel me? Take me away from all the pressure and all the pain. Show me some happiness again. I'm going blind. I spend my time in the cell. Ain't living well. I know my destiny is hell. But did I fail? My life is in denial. And when I die, baptized in the eternal fire, shed so many tears. Lord, I suffer through the years.